0: You're listening to Just a Tangent Podcast with Tyler Brewer and and Greg Miller, Miller, where we talk about movies, TV, and everything in between.
1: Hey, this is movie podcast.
0: (laughs) All right. Welcome to Just a Tangent Podcast. I am Greg Miller. I'm Tyler Brewer, And we have a special guest today, our first guest ever on the show.
1: Hi, I'm David Pacey. You may know me from the band Your Fractured Fairy Tale, but more than likely you do not. So that's who I am.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we have a, a special episode today. This is our uh, Halloween episode. Yes. It is Halloween, and we're mm-hmm. hoping to get it out before the end of the day. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we're we're excited.
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah. <We'll> start us <laughs> off with a good old cough. In the I background. just
0: I just want to say the the audio setup that we have right now is either immaculate or totally jank. <laughs> yeah. Because. We somehow managed to find two headphone splitters. That way, the three of us could ha- have headphones. Yeah, I'm using my little task cam to record the audio. Uh, we're we're bumming a mic off of the the studio, and uh, and then we got our two mics for Tyler and I. So yes. you might say we Frankenstein this setup together. Yes, perfect. <laughs> that yes. that is that is the best verbiage we could use. It's alive. That's what I'm
2: here for. Yeah, yep.
0: you know, and and I've never done the Phantom Power straight to the task cam before, but I'm running it off my computer. So. Yeah, we're doing good,
2: but Let's watch that computer just drain real quick.
0: It, honestly, it, it might. <laughs> um, not gonna lie. Also, we can't we can't find out what the passcode is for the Wi-Fi. Yeah, mm. and I I work at this place, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. that that. Uh, well, the thing is, that. is like you put the
1: password in, like whatever, two months ago, and it's like you forget it after that. You don't need it again. So yeah, it's, and
0: it's yeah. not like we have many visitors here, so I, it's not often that I have to give it out. But yeah. Yeah. I'm like eighty percent sure I know what the passcode is. And I just feel like uh, I just feel like the guys from the office when they're trying to get guess uh, Dwight's passcode, <laughs> and they just can't figure out what it is. But
1: look, here's the thing: if my phone is still connected to it, if I could just rant for a second, there should be a button that I can hit to see what the password is to the thing I'm already connected yeah, to. Yeah, just is. a little
0: eyeball. Yeah, just and a it, little
1: eyeball button. It doesn't, and it hurts my feelings.
0: Well, uh, I I agree there, um, but apparently people don't want you to just be able to figure out what their passcodes are because. I suppose it defeats the purpose. Cool. But, anyways, we're going to get into uh, we're going to get into the episode here. But before we do, uh, David, do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself? I know you give a brief in- introduction there, but um, just share uh, whatever you'd like.
1: Yeah. Well, Greg, how long have we known each other now? Like three or four months?
0: Yeah, Probably about that long. About I mean, we were still in we were still in the basement studio for Lux, um, and that was we moved up here in what july mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah so and that you you were there a couple weeks or about a month before we moved up here so right right yeah we we've known so, each other for about 3 or 4 so
1: i think i think the moment i knew greg that we were going to be like more than just working together we would be friends is the one day i came into the studio humming i think a mega man 2 song and you just started mm-hmm. to pick up and hum along next to me so yeah. i was like all right yeah um
0: Bam, so yep
1: so yeah, like I, I'm a yeah, like I said, I'm in a band called Your Fractured Fairy Tale. It's it's like a pop punk band. So that's kind of like my main creative output. Although now I have children too, um, so that has slowed things down like a lot. It makes things more difficult. But we're working on music. Um, but I'm also like really into movies, obviously, which is why I'm here and horror movies specifically. I love, um, and uh, and like retro video games and stuff like that. I have a, a sad, sad collection in my upstairs. So um yeah those are the, those do, are my do you have a
0: do you have a favorite uh retro video game uh oh like a game period. yeah because i, I uh, love mega man i mean that's why I, I i knew the theme song but yeah
1: so mega man's up there um but i would have to say again kind of with the season is would be castlevania i love that series especially yeah. the early entries yeah um, my,
2: my favorite in that series is uh symphony of the night for yeah. playstation one is the best if if not one of the best games in general but, that's uh, that's the turning point yes yeah yeah, especially when the castle flips upside down and mm-hmm. there were no, there was no internet at the time to yeah. tell people that there's like an entirely another section of the game mm-hmm. and like you beat it, wait for the credits to roll and then the castle flips. Yeah. yeah. And you got the classic voiceovers. It was like, what is a man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think, it, what is it? Uh, Castlevania 4. That's my dad's like one of his top three games. Oh, yeah, definitely. So. Um, of all time. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah. And I would say I would be more along the lines of that one or even- even the original. Um, I've beaten them all. I was actually playing Castlevania three last night because that's mm. the one of the kind of earlier ones I haven't beaten yet because uh, me and my friends beat Simon's Quest last year, which was basically me playing the game and them continuously like looking at their phones to find out where to go because that game <laughs> uh, nice. is, is very
2: uh, kind of obtuse yes. and um, cryptic.
0: I mean, I'd still consider that co-op. I don't, yeah.
2: I don't know if you saw it or not, but there's a company called Limited Run Games, and uh-huh. they make... What is normally digitally only games, they'll make hard copies, and Mm. even older games. Like I, I had recently got a Star Wars game that was for the original Xbox, and they made a hard copy of it for the the Nintendo Switch. Oh, okay. And Mm. so they actually have like a Castlevania collection on their site right now, but they only do like so many copies. You got to pre-order it, and it's like months in advance.
1: I have their release um, of Scott Pilgrim. I think yeah, the one I have. Yeah, nice. But yeah, I've I've beaten Castlevania one two and four, but I got to get to three. It's hard. It's the hardest one, I think.
2: Speaking of Scott Pilgrim, Greg and I just watched that movie not too long ago. He had had never seen it. I had never Mm. seen it.
0: That was probably about, what, five weeks ago now? And uh, I loved it. I mean, I thought, you know, it was wacky. It was was goofy, but, I mean, it it was cool because it felt just like the game did because I had played the game well before that, like when I was in elementary school um, or at least junior high. So, you know, at least... Seven years ago, I played the games, um, which is, I think, right around when the movie came out. Yeah. Um, but I just wasn't old enough to watch the movie at the time. So, I thought it was cool. Uh, the way that they did all the all the different, like, sound effects and then, mm. the, like, the CGI of the, like, different game elements on screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. They did, like, the little name tags, just like they have the, the player tags on yep. the game. Yeah. And there was just so many details in that movie that were, like spot on i had never yeah. read i had never read the books or are they are they manga or i can't i, I think, think they're, they're just comic i think books. they're
2: considered like graphic novels i'm pretty sure they were okay. th- they were sold th- in like a thicker book yeah like I, d- I didn't paperback. think they
0: were manga because they were i thought it was a um different different art style yeah but uh, yeah
1: i haven't seen that movie in probably 10 years now but i loved it at the time and definitely stylistically it's kind of like unmatched it, it nails what it's it, going for it
0: holds up yeah. It holds up really well. It does. Well. And that actor, what's that actor's name who plays Scott? Uh Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. C- yeah. Michael Sarah. Yeah. Rust yeah. development. He man, he, he's a like very subtle like acting. Um like his dialogue isn't delivered like over the top. Yeah, it's but very it's, dry humor. Yeah, but, but. it's so good. I, I was watching part of uh what, what's that movie called? Year one with Jack Black. Yeah. They're like Yeah. He's in that. yeah I, I I watched part of that the other day, uh, while I was working on a uh my Halloween costume, but uh which was Spider Man from the PS4 game. Just a little yeah. side note. But um Which I saw pictures of that. It was looking good. Yeah. It was looking good. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So yeah. uh let's move back from games to movies. I'm sure we'll Absolutely. jump we'll jump back into games here in a second though, but uh for movies Greg I know you're not a huge horror fan.
0: No, I'm not. I have probably I can probably count uh maybe on both hands how many horror movies I've yeah. seen. Yeah, and
2: I mean some some people consider what I what I would consider like to be suspense or thriller films as horror, like Alien. To me that's sci-fi thriller. Yeah. But a lot of people watch that around Halloween they view that as like a sci-fi horror.
0: Yeah, I think well, okay, David, uh, one of the reasons why for for those of you who are listening, um, one of the reasons why we have David on the show is not only because he's one of our good friends, but uh, he knows a little bit more about horror than Tyler and I do collectively. Because um, if I can speak for you, Tyler, you don't really care for horror either. That's
2: okay. I've been watching more lately than I than I do typically, and especially around like Halloween every year, my wife and I we watch just like marathon slasher films just mm-hmm. just classics like we'll watch like all the nightmare on elm streets or all yeah. the halloweens it depends on what year it is like i think last year we watched a bunch of friday the 13th in a row mm. um but yeah so we'll watch like slasher films and things like that but uh yeah yeah we don't like like i don't think i've i've seen as, as even though everybody considers it the best one like in this century i've never seen the conjuring <gasps>
0: um
2: yeah. And a couple other things. So,
0: well, the reason why we have David here is because I'm sure he is, he can help fill us in on some of the things that yeah. we haven't seen. But, um but yeah, I I have not I have not seen a lot. Um, unfortunately, that's probably one of the few genres of movies that I really have not taken the time. Yeah, I can to definitely watch,
2: tell but. you the worst movie horror movie I've seen is the Babadook. Is probably the worst horror movie I've seen. Oh. I like the Babadook. Uh, I, it might not be like the what, best. What is the Babadook? I, I, understand what it, <laughs> I understand what it's going for, but I, I just don't like it. I just wanted the mom to smack the shit out of that kid. Y-
1: yeah. <laughs> the kid is infuriating. Um, that's the one where
2: they like to the find the book, right? And yeah, they reading- find the book and they read it. I think it's like a bedtime story maybe. And it like, once you read it and you see some of the pictures that are drawn very intensely and uncomfortably, mm-hmm. um, it kind of infects you and uh just like the the imagery infects you and like it, it haunts your nightmares and stuff and you start having nightmares about the character the babadook and from there it's like the both the mom and the kids start like having these mental breakdowns yeah mm. and, and
1: she's it, basically like possessed at at the end right yeah
2: i think so yeah. i mean i'm pretty sure they do show it at some point on the ceiling i think uh-huh. but it's just like the acting and things like that i can't remember is it an australian or or uh, a <laughs> new zealand movie maybe yeah i think it's a new zealand movie yeah, but uh it, it has its moments of, like, being clever, mm-hmm. and I understand it's trying to get, like, a psychological thriller breakdown kind of movie where these people are so mentally just stressed and strained that, that it really lets this fictional entity mm-hmm. enter them even easier, mm. but just, like, the kid in the backseat screaming his head off and the mom not... Reaching around, just smacking them with their backhand, just upset.
1: I mean, I mean, fair enough, but I mean, I just think it's it's strong words to say it's the worst. I mean, like Jason goes to hell did happen, so I yeah, mean, like- that's true.
2: <laughs> I I would watch Jason goes to hell over Babadook though. Like if I had to choose, I mean, well, I, no I just, screaming kid.
0: Yeah, I just looked up the Duke and my first impression is that he's just like a, a dark, twisted version of um, Krampus? No, of uh, <laughs> Willy Wonka from. Willy Wonka in the yeah. chocolate factory. I mean, he has like the top hat and like the pale face. And yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I'm looking at the wrong picture here, but
1: but um, yeah, like uh, one of the first things, like uh, so much of I guess like what makes me me is I spent so much time with my mom growing up. Um, like my dad, um, at the time when I was really young worked a lot, so I was with my mom a lot. And um, one of the things she showed me was like old films and old movies and uh, shows and stuff. And um, one of the like earliest memories I have is um, I don't even know if you guys have heard of it But there was an old soap opera in the 60s And early 70s called Dark Shadows Okay um, So that was a story. That was like a soap opera. That was like doomed to fail. It was like had awful ratings for for a while there. And like right before it went off the air, the makers were just kind of like, let's just kind of like throw whatever we want at the wall and see if something sticks because we're going off the air anyways. And they throw in a vampire storyline um, <laughs> with a vampire called Barnabas Collins, and that forever like shaped the rest of that show where it was like, well, this is a horror show. We got vampires, werewolves, and. Um, like when I would get off the bus in elementary school, they would be airing that on—I uh, think it was a sci-fi channel—and um, my mom would have like a bowl of popcorn, <laughs> and we would watch Dark Shadows uh, every day. Great. And I still adore that show. And it's—and it is—you uh, know—one of those things where it's like if you watch something old, you have to kind of put yourself in the perspective. Yes. There are cardboard tombstones that fall over, um, and it is definitely
2: of its era, but um, it is a great show. Um, it's like. It reminds. I'm. I'm just imagining Twilight Zone stuff because I watched the old Twilight Zone and, you know, what is that a, uh, Science Theater, three thousand mm. I yeah. think.
1: Mystery Science Theater. Yeah.
2: Which, yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, Twilight Zone is what I'm. What I'm imagining because that's just like you definitely got to put yourself in that time period to to get a lot of those references and things like that. Yeah. Like it, some of that stuff doesn't hold up until you like think about what they did with what they had available to them at the time. Yeah,
0: of of
1: course. And that's something that I've always like been pretty good at just because I was, uh, kind of subjected to, uh, old stuff so much as a kid that like, you know, you meet people nowadays, or at least I do who are like, yeah, I don't really watch movies before 1990. That's my cutoff. And it just hurts my feelings. I'm just like, Oh no, like the 80s.
2: Yeah. That's like a couple of the star Wars. The best decade. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Eighties is is is
2: you know uh, f- ma- yeah. mainly. Pra- I think practical effects and and some good original writing like from eighty to eighty nine. There's some amazing mm-hmm. movies in there. Like I feel,
0: right. I, I feel like um, between like mid nineteen nineties or even like early nineteen nineties all the way up to like maybe two thousand six. That that era of like. Um, where they're starting to experiment with more CG, mm-hmm. I just feel like there are so many good stories that were being told in those movies, but didn't necessarily. Like I don't think they will hold up in a couple oh, years yeah. from now, which is kind of sad because there's a lot of really good movies in there that um I think would do would do really well as far as, like, longevity. Absolutely. If they just had better technology.
1: It's just just so cheap, you know, to do CG. Yeah. And I think, you know, as sad as it is to say, and and Tyler, I was expecting to kind of get into this kind of topic because I know what what one of the movies you bring to the table is, but, like, I think Jurassic Park was, like, a big shifter from practical effects to CGI, which I think from that point we kind of realized, like, oh, we can do CGI so much cheaper, but it's like we took that technique from jurassic park but kind of did it without the artistry and all mm-hmm. these movies that that came in the years you're talking about where it was just yeah. like yeah. we're doing it because of affordability and not doing it um you know as uh i don't know what the word i want is as as a uh, top notch as as jurassic park executed it
0: yeah yeah and that's the thing is like um i mean we'll, we'll get back to practical practical effects because uh like like david said we have a good movie that yeah. that does it potentially the best potentially uh, at its best
1: undeniably yeah. I think actually yeah. yeah so
0: um but uh we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute but yeah I think um I think the problem that we saw with CG in the early 2000s is that it was really really in its uh infancy like it had existed before beforehand but it was used very sparingly because the computer uh the computer power was very limited yeah and so I, mean, I think I think now it's to a point where you're starting to see really a mastery of the art but beforehand mm-hmm. it was kind of just like yeah it, it was so it was so new that there wasn't really a way to master it because the the technology was still being created so absolutely yeah um, but now you see you see people like the corridor crew and um you know little ind- uh, independent companies who are doing these amazing projects with just completely computer gener- generated mm-hmm. imaging and yeah it's fantastic but. yeah
2: the first film to use a cgi face is called the abyss and this water uh is is being manipulated I, I don't know if the water controls itself or somebody else controls it but the water comes out and it makes like this big tentacle and the water's just floating and it mirrors an actor's face and that's the first mm-hmm. first use of cgi replicating a person's face in a film that was 1989 and then the first full character that was CGI, <coughs> excuse me, uh, uh, is Terminator 2. Yeah. The T-1000 Yeah. Uh, is the first full CGI character, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, from 89 on, it really started coming in. And there, there there, have definitely been times where I think CGI ruins some scenes. It takes you out of it, whereas if it was practical, I think.
0: Yeah, that suspension of disbelief. But, yeah. I mean, before CGI, really all that was used was practical, because that's all that they had. Yeah, which leads us to uh, back to
2: our, our movies. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted to talk about uh, John Carpenter's The Thing and so talk, about, mm-hmm. talk about talk uh, about some of the practical effects in that, and the storytelling of it, and really, I think something that really helps it that doesn't get talked about enough because the practical effects are so good. Those obviously get talked about first, and also the writing uh, from John Carpenter and a, and a couple other people really did a good job. Like I, I really enjoy movies where if it's a mystery and people are secluded in a small space, if something's going on, that's, that's mysterious or a mystery. I like if they give you enough clues that are legitimately placed for you to figure it out. Mm. Um, that aren't simple and obvious. Like I know I've, I've sat down and looked at a map of the facility. I have it oh, right wow. now. Yeah. yeah, I looked at a map of the facility. Um, and We've, I mean, I've, I've looked and found out which character sleeps in which room mm. because in that movie, there's a dog that is the thing before it assimilates other people. And, um, basically it goes into someone's room and you see a silhouette on the wall and you don't know who it is. It could be two people, um, just by following the dog's path through the camp and trying to figure out the order of assimilation and trying and figure out who is the thing. And what's cool is like the, the director John Carpenter brought in an an actor that isn't in the film at all, and he is that silhouette because oh, yeah. he he's a mix of two. Uh, he, his silhouette is a mix of two characters because it's up to you to figure out which one it is. So he didn't actually give you a silhouette of a character. It's not certain who it is. Mm. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and there yeah. there's a, there's a bunch of other things like that. Like, it's not just well, we're gonna write it. We're gonna show him walk, the dog walking the room with somebody. And then down the line, it's going to be a surprise. This person is it. If you actually pay attention, you can figure it out before the before the main characters know. Um, so I really like that writing aspect, even though the practical effects are really what set that off. But I think something that doesn't get talked about enough is how good the actors are in that film. Oh, yeah. I think their reactions to the situation that's going on is pretty genuine. They're stuck in Antarctica, I think. There's about ten of them. Something that really sells that situation is the is the actors and how they act and some other cool things about behind the scenes is for the for the set they only built one camp. And towards the beginning of the film, you know, the Norwegians they, they come to the US camp and basically the US guys want to travel to the Norwegian camp to see what happened because they just arrived there. They were shooting at that dog. And so the helicopter had exploded that they came in. Both Norwegians are dead. So McCready and the Doc go to the Norwegian camp to investigate, and it's already burned down and destroyed uh, to save money. They only built one set. And later in the movie, they blow up and destroy the U.S. camp. And basically what they did was they filmed those scenes afterwards. So that burned Norwegian camp is the U.S. camp. Oh, I before, did not know that. Yeah, before, before they burned it. Genius. Well, I'm sorry, after they burned it down. So they, like, filmed the scenes out of order, obviously. That happens oh, wow. a lot in films. I um, love that moment, like, at the end
1: where, like, you kind of have this realization, or at least I do when I watch it, it's like, no matter what they did and all, you know, investigating the Norwegian camp and all that stuff and all the precautions they tried to take, they kind of wound up exactly the same. Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, I mean, they found out then prioritized that they had to stop it above all else. And uh, there's, mm-hmm. there's, some, uh, there's an official video game sequel to that called The Thing, uh, where you play a character on the rescue team uh, that's, there to, that's there to help clean up and basically rescue any survivors from the explosion. mm mm-hmm. And you get there, and Childs is the other character that's with McCready at the end, and neither of them really trust each other, uh, but they both agree to kind of call a truce. Yeah. Um, and think... when when the rescue team arrives in the game, <clears throat> Childs is still there; he's frozen, and McCready's gone. And then in in the there's a follow up comic book series, um, and when the rescue team arrives, both of them are gone. And I believe in the comic book series, Childs is the thing and mm. McCready is is trying to survive um, when the rescue team gets there which is like I think like a week later or something like that and I kind of like childs so I I appreciate the game a little bit more especially because it's more fun but mm. what's cool about the game also is that there's audio clips and a bunch of things from the movie in there like you so in the in the film McCready makes some audio recordings on cassette tape and in the game you find his cassette player and his and his records mm-hmm. and it's the actual audio clips from the film so that's very cool yeah typically I don't care for games based on films um there's very few that are decent but that one being being like a sequel and uh it's obvious that the creators of the game cared about the film and uh I like that one a lot so
1: one of the one of the great things about like that movie is kind of like you said like not just the effects which I assume we'll get to but like um is the characters and is just the fact that you can have so many fan theories like on like when did this happened, when did that happen? I think it's so awesome that you like looked at the yeah. blueprints of the building. Yeah. Um, But do you have an opinion on like when Blair got infected? Because that's the one I always try to figure out. Does he go in that room infected?
2: No. Yeah, yeah, he's he's in that room infected. So if you watch it, in my opinion, Blair gets it very slowly. Uh, so he's, he's dissecting. The thing that they bring back from the Norwegian camp with the with the stretched face, yeah, yeah. He's dissecting it, and he also dissects the the dog as well, the mm-hmm. the dog transformation in the kennel. And he, if you watch, he points and touches things with his pencil, and he puts it in his puts mouth. it in his mouth. Um, something else that people don't realize is who who gets to the blood to do the blood yeah. test. Um, so in their Windows is moving things out of the storage unit. They're gonna store the dead things in in the storage unit for mm-hmm. a discovery they're gonna have people come look at it and whenever he goes in there somebody is being assimilated and windows drops the keys you you don't see it you audibly hear oh. the keys hit the floor yeah somebody picks it up and gets to the blood so a lot of people didn't understand how the blood was compromised because right. when they go to do mm-hmm. the blood test it's already it's already gone um, so yeah. that's where somebody got the keys.
1: That's the thing is like, and above <laughs> all, like this this movie is like a gorgeous movie as far as like um, effects go. But it is definitely a movie that rewards you on a rewatch. Yeah, for sure, yeah.
2: for sure. And that's something else. Um, the effects I, I can't remember. I'm, Greg, we can look it up. The uh, special effects house that was in charge of this. But
0: uh, yeah, let me look.
2: Something it up. that really helped it, if you pay attention in it, I think is they keep a lot of their practical effects wet. Uh, before filming, mm-hmm. they go around with spray bottles and spray a lot of things. and It gives it a very organic uh, insides, vein, veiny look. Um, I think it's that really helps because if that stuff was dry, like dry rubber and things like that, yeah. uh, it really wouldn't have the same effect. But like, you know, during the whole dissection thing, um, you know, whenever they go to do the the um, like the CPR on somebody and their chest oh, yeah. opens up. Like, all that is very, very great. Uh, something else that's cool for that scene, you know, his arms get ripped off. Uh-huh. They actually uh, got an amputee to come in. Yeah. And, get, and have, they put, like, rubber arms on him, mm-hmm. And so they had, like, you know, the blood packs and stuff in it. Right. And they had, like, the Jaws clamp on those fake arms, and he ripped them up. And so him him stand sitting there going crazy is is an actual amputee, which is kind of cool.
1: I just learned about that too. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it's it's executed so masterfully, but like it's also ingenious um, kind of setups for everything. Like you have, again, like the stomach opening up. Yeah. Like that's that's brilliant. You have the, the I think my favorite effect in the whole movie is the head coming oh, up. Oh yeah, I
2: was just gonna crawling. talk about that next. Yeah. The, the Sorry, spider yeah. head. No, yeah. you're good. Yeah, the spider head is, is probably the, the the one of the coolest ones. So creative. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, I looked it up. Um, Rob Bowton, uh, if I'm uh, pronouncing his last name correctly, He's the one who did the um, the special makeup effects and, um, you know, some of the some of the uh, practical effects for the movie. Yeah. I don't know if it was just him or him and – I assume probably him and a team, um, but I think he also worked uh, – looks like he did uh, The Fog as well as The Howling and – Oh, The Howling's all, good. The um, Howling. So
2: there, there's a, a – And Ro- Robocop. Oh, sweet. Oh, well, there you go with the effects there. Yeah. So The Howling 5 – is one you don't need to watch any of the other ones for. And oh, they really? do get very weird and kind of poorly made uh-huh. eventually because there's so many sequ- so many sequels. It's like just like any of those other sci-fi channel horrors mm-hmm. that were straight to TV. Um, but The Howling Five, for some reason, stands out. You don't have to watch any of the other ones. Okay, uh, These people are invited to a castle in Romania, I think, and they get there. I can't remember if it's for a party or what, and people start dropping. And basically you're with i can't remember if it's a main character or they show everybody in the group equally but you have to figure out who the werewolf is so it's very oh. similar to the thing um but there's a blizzard that happens and they're all stuck in the in this gigantic castle mm-hmm. and it's it's a pretty good one that's probably so, one of my that's my second favorite werewolf movie next to american werewolf in london there you go yeah
1: so um i've only seen the first <clears throat> howling and, and are you pretty familiar with those because not this... really. I've
2: seen the first one and the fifth one, okay. and I, like I watched the fifth one on a recommendation and loved it.
1: I know the second one like has like Christopher Lee in it, and I think it was originally supposed to be like a vampire movie, and they like repurposed all the effects at the end, and it's just pretty bizarre. Yeah. Um, there's outcome.
2: a f- there's a film that's a werewolf film that I'm hunting for that I've heard is pretty scary, and it's like a game changer that came out in 2002, and the reason it didn't get a lot of popularity over here is it's a, it's a British movie. It's called dog soldiers. Hmm. Um, I guess these, this British special forces group goes for training in Scotland, I, b- I believe. And there's a werewolf in Scotland. And nice. so I, from what I understand, you know, how P- predator kind of changed the action horror genre as yeah. a whole. I was, I, I've been reading that dog soldiers does the same thing, in, but it came out in 2002. Oh, cool! I just haven't been able to find it. It's not on any streaming service. Um, oh, man. Like it's listed on Amazon, but you can't even buy or rent it. Like it just gives you a description, huh. you can't even watch it. So I, I gotta find it on Blu-ray or something. That's pretty rare nowadays. Like I was looking up some of the movies that I have
1: for today, and like they're all on something now. And yeah. you couldn't have even said that five or six years ago. So, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm.
2: uh, so we'll move off of the thing, and uh, one of you guys can can talk about the next one. Um. Well, one one of the movies that I have seen.
0: Um, in the horror genre is uh, A Quiet Place, and I would say that's, I would still think that that's horror. I mean, Tyler, you've yeah. seen it, right? Yeah. Okay. I'd,
2: I'd go I've with, not seen this one. I'd go with horror.
0: It, yeah, it's not super intense horror. So the horror that I will watch is, um, I guess rather the stuff I won't watch is anything that's like demonic or like super overly gory. Like I don't mind a little bit of blood and, you know, some, some slashes, like whatever, that's to be expected. Mm. But um i just there's there's some things i just cap out at but a yeah. quiet place what it does really well is even though it's super suspenseful and there's um you know there there is some of those uh horror elements the story is so compelling in that movie i i think um it it's simple but it's it's really
2: compelling yeah it's so, one of the, it's one of the only ones where like uh being silent and using sign language and other methods of communication is pretty acceptable, um, mm. and, and well used. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know about it, uh, it was written by John Krasinski. Dire- did he direct it, Greg? Yeah. He directed and acted. Yeah. In. And he's in it and Emily Blunt, his wife in real life is his okay. wife in the film. Yeah. Um, and there, there is a sequel to it. Uh, which did you see it? I didn't see the sequel. But I saw the ha- sequel. How do good. you feel about it? Is it as good, better, worse than the, than the first one?
0: Yeah. So, well, just a brief, um, synopsis so that you guys can uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, know what we're talking about. Essentially, there's um, there are these alien creatures that yeah. uh, crash land on Earth, and they are blind, but they are really, really receptive to sound. And it's found out pretty quickly in the movie, uh, like in the first act. You, you know that these that's the reason why everyone has to be as quiet as possible is because they um are really receptive to sound that's like how they see per yeah. se um they that's like just a, they that... have like
2: a sonar ability it's almost like the monsters from pitch black uh-huh
0: yeah. and
1: that's like a great built-in like framing device for suspense yeah. like that's just like it's right there gift wrap for you like that's uh, absolutely
0: yeah. that's why it, that's why it works so well there's there's um,
2: little details of that movie i really like like uh, there's pre-built pathways mm-hmm. uh, are they sand or are they dirt uh it's sand yeah. so yeah so, and they walk around barefoot so, they don't make any noise. Oh, it's pretty cool. There you go. There's like yeah. little details like that I really like. Yeah.
0: So, when I say they have to be quiet, it's not just like, oh, they have to whisper. Like, they basically have to be silent. And so it follows this family. Um, it's uh, John Krasinski. Uh, I, I forget their names, but John Krasinski's character, uh, his wife. And then they have two to three kids. Um, she's she's pregnant yeah. during the movie which is another like uh-huh. really suspenseful aspect of that because mm-hmm. the entire time it's building up and it's like she's about to have the kid any day oh, and you know yeah. that like childbirth isn't quiet yeah. it's the kiss of death there yeah. yeah so you follow this family throughout the movie and show how they're basically in this world where the these monsters exist uh and they're having to prepare and live their daily lives but they're they're preparing for this uh you know bringing this child into the world um, and bringing it in so that it doesn't you know it doesn't uh, die essentially. And so they they've adjusted their way of living and they've modified their home and the way that they travel like Tyler said they have sand on the paths and stuff. It's really fantastic.
2: Um, I just like things I like I like world building. Yes. Uh, that's already there. so like Star Wars obviously does that very well. Mm. but like when the movie begins, it's not like you watch them put the sand down. It's just already there right. Uh, they, so you know they have experience, they know what they're doing. They already yeah. have a communica- communication system down, uh, but I just like that. I don't know why the the little sand pathways and walking barefoot is mm-hmm. is cool to me, well, and I enjoy that. I think detail. like
1: s- seeing like characters like already being clever and learning how to adapt makes it a little bit more um, relatable, I guess, and makes it feel more real and connected. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, as far as the second movie goes, which just came out, I believe this year, didn't it? Uh, earlier this year.
2: Yeah, I think, I think early this year.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Either way, f- fairly recently here. Um, it was delayed because of um, because of the state of Hollywood and it, you know production kind of being slow on some things. But um, anyways, it just was released. And that movie goes back. In the first movie, you don't really know how the the aliens got there or where they came from. And in the first movie, or I'm sorry, the second movie, they go back and they almost do like a little bit of a like a, it's
2: a uh, little bit of an origin. Yeah, like
0: an origin prologue per se. And uh, and they show what it was like, basically the day that they that they showed up, and uh, the amount of panic that that the entire populace has with these like unknown creatures. Um, they they figured out fairly quickly that they're receptive to sound, yeah. and that's how they like navigate. Um, but at first nobody has any idea, and so it, they just get absolutely destroyed because everyone is freaking out. And obviously, making a ton of sound, and these creatures are just going ham on the populace. Yeah. Um, but John Krasinski, his character kind of notices it. You see, kind of very subtly, uh, he notices, like, okay, they are, they see with, with their ears, essentially, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. They have like a sonar Mm -hmm. type of vision. And if you've ever seen Pitch Black, which is the first Riddick movie, and I believe Vin Diesel's live action debut, um, Oh, okay. In that film they they've those animals that are on that planet that they crash land on, they see with with sonar, yeah. yeah. So,
0: um but anyways, the, the the second movie they go they show kind of like the um the events that led up to where the first movie started and then it jumps forward and picks up right after the ending of the first movie and then continues there. And uh and similar thing, but this time um Spoiler warning, which I'm going to go back and put another spoiler warning at the beginning of the episode. Um, but spoiler, they she has a kid. She has the kid in the first movie, and so now her job is to protect the child uh, with her other two kids, and mm. they're trying to find um, a way to to really just defeat the 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 creature. So the first movie went from survival to uh, in the second movie. Now they're on the they're on the offense and uh because they found their weakness in the first movie now they're trying to still survive but they're trying to be smart and and plan a way to to take these things down so mm. it's uh it's really good you know I, I never know how much to say on on this show because yeah. <laughs> I don't want to ruin movies because yeah p- part of like my movie watching code of conduct that I've kind of uh taken upon myself is I don't like spoiling anything for anybody Mm -hmm. but it is a movie podcast so yeah it is a
2: movie podcast and I try and talk about films in a way that doesn't necessarily give anything away like we didn't talk about who is the thing or or what you know the payoff is about the thing Mm -hmm. but I talk I I try and talk about films in a way that kind of gets people excited to go try and find it yeah Mm -hmm. like I talk about them I want them to like once the podcast is over, I want them to look up what we talked about and try and find them to watch. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, as as a listener, David, what do you? What would you prefer? Do, do you like to hear us talk about more in depth detail, or do you like to be left, you know, with a little bit of wonder?
1: I think. I think as much detail as possible before you kind of cross, you know, it's, it's kind of hard. There's like an invisible line somewhere. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But like, I think like, again, I think we, we balance that pretty well with the thing where it's like, we're talking into all of the reasons why it's an interesting movie and why you'd want to see it, but we're not saying everything that you should be expecting yeah. for the movie. Um, you got to give a little bit, but um, yeah, you don't want to yeah. give the, the goods away.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I'll probably stop there for, for a quiet place okay. then. Cause I, I, I really do recommend those movies. But oh, yeah.
1: So in an attempt to not go too in-depth and also because I can talk about way too many things too much, I, I went for um, uh, quantity over too much depth. So I, I actually brought visual uh, aids too on a medium that is entirely audio-based. So uh, this means nothing to anybody listening at all. But uh, I wanted to give honorable mention. Here, uh, I'll get it. So we, me and my family actually watched uh, this this morning. Not this VHS copy. But I want to give honorable mention to uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller music video. Yeah. So uh, up until the age of like 13 or 14, pretty much my life was Michael Jackson. And like this was like the epitome of that because it was like everything almost always came back to horror. And so, like, even in, like, my music interests and everything like that, um, there was this awesome music video. And so, this is my VHS tape of a thriller from when I was a kid. And you can see
2: it is beaten. Yeah. To all, it, yeah. I took it's, this. It's not just the music video, though. It's making yeah. Michael Jackson thriller music well, video. And
1: that's the thing, too, is I took this everywhere, which is why, like, this piece isn't even on here anymore. And it's, like, all taped up. I, you know, this is, like, covered. Yeah. In, in, you should get a shadow
2: box for that and just hang it on your wall. Yeah.
1: But um, that's pretty legit, though. This did come with a making of featurette. And like the reason why I wanted to mention it is because like I feel like especially like with Michael Jackson, we're at the point where it's just like we've kind of peaked out. And it's just like I think so much is kind of taken for granted Mm -hmm. about those amazing things. Like you hear Billie Jean now and it's just like, well, yeah, I've heard that a million times. But at the time, it was amazing. And I think kind of the epitome of that is thriller because... You know, this was not just a music video. This was like a short. He refused to call his music videos music videos. They were short films. Mm. And like this is the epitome of that where it's like for 14 minutes you have like a movie quality um, movie where the music's on, you know, full notch. The visuals like the makeup is amazing. It's, uh, yeah. you know, so the, the, the director of the thriller video is John Landis, who you would know because he was the one who did American Werewolf in London. Yep um and so that kind of lets you know what you're in for like obviously great music great dance but also like that making of featurette shows you how they did all the werewolf um uh, makeup and all the zombie stuff so like that's probably where where my love for like behind the scenes, uh, practical effects and stuff kind of like really
2: started. And, uh, for the listeners, this, this VHS cardboard box has quite the patina on it is what I will call it. Yeah. The patina. (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
0: Like the, the wear and and the love, the love of it. (laughs) And yeah. Yeah. Just constantly taking it out of the sleeve to put it in the player and watch it and enjoy it again. Yeah, that's like how, a, that's how you know a VHS has been loved. It was
1: basically strapped to my body for the I, first. I actually
0: I might borrow that to like take a scan and just oh, sure. use the textures of it because uh, that's like the perfect rip and worn texture. Yeah,
1: there you so, go.
0: But yeah, we actually studied. Um, I believe it was, I believe it was the uh, the thriller um, music video or short film. If if you want, um, we studied that in our film program in high school. So it was that's definitely. Uh, Definitely yeah, awesome.
1: It really is amazing, and like I said, like I feel like so much with him, we've kind of gotten to the point culturally where we've taken it for granted a bit. And um, my yeah. daughter, oh, it's Michael Jackson. Yeah, my daughter is three years old, and like she's, you know, obviously because of myself, she's a big fan at this point now. And uh, I remember last year was the first time we watched Thriller, which is pretty intense. Oh, that's she, cool. She handles a lot well, you know. Um, yeah, which I'll get into that a little later with some of the other movies I brought. But um, it was such a special experience watching that with her for the first time. Um, because you kind of like see it through new eyes and you're like oh this thing that i've watched for for me like 27 28 years of my life um, yeah you know you're seeing it for somebody else seeing it for the first time and it's just like it is pretty amazing this thing you know, yeah that we've seen a million that, times well that's
0: that's why i love that's why i love movies and tv because i mean you you have the opportunity to share it and then like especially if the person hasn't seen it before and you care for that person the entire time you're watching it's like I want to see how they react to this part because yeah. Oh, yeah. like I know it's coming and they don't know it's coming. Right. Like, I watched, I watched uh, inception with a friend and that movie, that movie was like uh, kind of difficult to understand mm-hmm. with the first watch through. And so I was like, I wonder how they're going to react to this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. Cause you were, you were talking about the thing and I just hosted at my house for the first time ever. Like um, we did, I used to watch a web series called monster madness on YouTube and um. I have a friends group who, you know, kind of passively goes, I guess, maybe because I'm just such an enthusiastic person, they just kind of go along with the things that I do. <laughs> like, they'll come over and play like NES games or they'll, they'll watch the movies. Um, but they weren't shown a lot of the things that I love as kids. So I decided um, we would do like a monster movie kind of thing this October where every week we watched a new monster movie. And yeah. it, was, it was an 80s athon. Okay. And so one of the ones we watched, we watched American Werewolf in London, we watched Reanimator. We watched The Fly. Awesome. And then we ended with The Thing. Okay, good. And The the
2: Fly is a good one to have in there, too. mm,
1: Yeah. Like, those are all, like, again, it's like you're talking about the 80s, um, the peak of practical effects, I think. Um, And all of those are like, Masterful at yeah, it. Yeah,
2: I, I just think it's great. Like at the time, you know, there was no internet, like the word didn't word word of mouth did not spread the way internet does. Like people didn't know what was in production, people didn't know what was coming out until they saw a preview from another film or heard about it on the radio. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I think the advantage to that is surprising people. Mm. And I think one of the greatest things is in American Werewolf in London, it's is the first time you see on screen an actual werewolf transformation oh, prior to prior it is to that. Freaky. Prior to that, um, people would like moan and groan and scream and stuff. Yeah. And they would, they would like cut a shot to somebody else reacting and then cut back to the actor. Mm. And they have a little bit more makeup on and then they cut back to a person right. that's reacting, cut back to the actor that's turning a little bit more makeup. And eventually they, they'd continue to do that um, until finally they were like in a full makeup suit. Right. Um, <clears throat> whereas Ameri- American Werewolf in London does one of my favorite special effects trip tricks where, uh, hair is growing mm-hmm. out of his arm and he's looking at it. Uh, and what they did was they have a bunch of hair that's really long on Aww. a prop arm and they pull it through to make it real short or actually pull it through all the way. And mm-hmm. they just play that footage in reverse and it looks like it's growing. Um, along with a whole bunch of other things uh, you know, his, his spine and his ribs po- start popping out and he takes the form of basically a dog. Yeah. His, his hand, uh, starts stretching and outgrowing and he, Continues to get more and more hairy. Mm-hmm. Um, something that helps that scene a ton is the music yeah. and his reaction of being scared. And just thinking that he's dying. Oh, basically. he's like screaming out to God
1: in pain. He's like, help yeah, me. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, and he, he, the actor that plays that main character does scream in that film at the top of his lungs during that scene. And what's great is it comes out of nowhere. I believe the full moon happens. And he's uh-huh. just sitting reading a book and then, bam, it like hits him like a ton of bricks. He starts yelling and screaming. He's ripping his clothes off. He's burning up. Yep. He, you know, he just can't he can't control it. And then he starts realizing that things are happening to him rapidly it is still in my opinion the
1: best werewolf transformation put the film um and they knew it was good because it's in like a very
2: well lit room they were hiding very little the only one that comes close is hemlock grove okay i haven't seen that it's a series on netflix uh vampire i believe vampires are in it but definitely werewolves Uh uh-huh um and it's it's kind of a weird series i think it's three seasons but Mm. uh the we'll have to after we get off air um I'll show you the werewolf transformation. Yeah, for that. yeah, it is. It is pretty wicked. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I, I, I can't even describe it. I want you to go in blind. <laughs> okay, okay, it's pretty good. Maybe we'll watch it on Greg's gigantic Apple laptop. That's just a television with a keyboard.
0: <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I'm pretty sure I just
2: got the Wi-Fi passcode. But, hey. uh, yep,
0: I did. Boo boo. Yeah.
2: For those listeners that maybe didn't hear us at the beginning, we've been here for an hour or so now, and. Uh, haven't had Wi-Fi in the studio.
0: Yeah, but now you get to listen to Tyler's monster clicks on <laughs> his keyboard. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, what else did you bring to the table, David? Yeah. Well, the, I reason, have, the reason I got on that...
1: Yeah, yeah, I got a lot of stuff. Uh, the reason I got on that tangent was um, because like I was saying, you were saying like, you love like showing people something new oh, they've absolutely. never seen. And that's the way it was. Like when I showed them the thing, like jaws did not go back up yeah. during that whole movie. Yeah. Um, and that was the one I finalied on, but that's like, you know, when a certain part
2: is coming on and mm-hmm. so you're looking at everybody to see what yeah. they're doing. It's so fun. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's why like, you know, I talk about uh, cube a lot. I talk about the thing in, in a couple previous episodes and a couple other films. Like we talk about ex machina. I really mm. like that one. Um, but yeah just an example my mother had never seen a couple of taylor Sheridan's films i know i talk about those two a lot but um she had never seen sicario or hell or high water and so we i oh, know i'm sorry she saw hell or high water she didn't see wind river and sicario so we watched those two she really liked wind river but sicario has a very shocking ending if you've never seen it mm. and um and she didn't know it was coming, and so I literally just watched her and her reaction. So uh, that movie just is very satisfying, um, mm-hmm. and where you want justice to happen, it it happens, and you almost feel bad that you were asking for it to happen once it once it occurs. But uh, it's it's a, it's a great movie.
1: Yeah, that's like the best feeling is like showing people stuff and just anticipating things like that. Yeah. So the other stuff I bought, it brought. Just, oh, boy. I'll grab a couple of these. These are my original. Oh, v- Universal th- monsters. Yeah, so I was talking about, like, me and my mom and just the stuff that she showed me. Um, these are what I consider to be, like, the golden age oh, of Oh, for sure, horror, for you know? sure. And um, I remember my mom showing me these when I was a kid and uh, just how much I immediately loved them. And, you know, you got all the iconic performances, Bela Lugosi as Dracula, Boris yeah. Karloff as... Um, you know the monster and Frankenstein. Uh, Lon Chaney Jr. as the Wolf Man. Yes. Um, and these are my original VHS copies um, that I had as a kid. I used to cut grass from my grandma down the street, and I would get paid ten bucks um, every time I cut the grass. And I started doing that right in October. And in our little grocery store, our local grocery store, they had like one of
2: those little cardboard stands. Yeah, you can grab them. And, yeah. Um, so he has uh, the classic monster collection. Universal Studios. Uh, they're, they're the Universal monsters, which were these films what 50s 60s they're mostly oh, no, 30s shit. and 40s yeah 32 um, is this one
1: yeah they're mostly 30s they came back a little bit in the 40s and that's when they started doing like monster like mashes almost they yeah had, like frankenstein meets wolf man yeah
2: uh did they have the invisible man
1: yeah okay. i didn't have that in my original cl- i have it now i have like the is Blu-ray that the one where now.
0: he where he unwraps
1: and no it's that's
2: like, d- it- that's dark man i think
0: no, no, no. That's in the Invisible is Man. It? I thought and so. And that,
1: that is an effect that like remarkably holds up yeah. well.
0: Yeah, they, they actually talk about that on uh, VFX artists React on yeah. Corridor Crew. It's it's a yeah. really good effect.
2: So he has uh The Mummy, The Bride of Frankenstein, The Wolf Man, Frankenstein, uh Creature from the Black Lagoon yeah. and Dracula from the Universal Monsters. Um, and these were films, like he said, made in the thirties and forties. I thought they were fifties, but the uh, The Creature
1: not. from the Black Lagoon is fifties. It's okay. kinda like an honorary member of that group because okay. it's so much later than and, the other uh, ones mm. yeah
2: universal own, owned these for a while and then they eventually became public. public what, what, what's it considered Pub- public domain yeah public domain oh are they really they okay. are they are i mean universal still still makes them i mean so if you've seen the newest um mummy movie uh-huh. with tom cruise yeah they were trying to create a uh Universal Monsters universe, and I believe Universal made that as well. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, that movie isn't that great. But Mm. in that movie, they have, uh, um, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, right? Mm. Uh, played by Russell Crowe, and they also also have the Mummy. Um, and they were going to have multiple series. Uh, I'm sorry, multiple films in that series, in a related universe. Kind, they wanted to do something like the MCU, right? But for these characters, and Tom Cruise was going to star in all of them. Uh and so okay. that first film, they, they had plans, I believe, for four right out of the gate, and they were already writing two and three. But that first one just kind of fell flat because I think name recognition, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everybody kind of thought it was a remake of the Brendan Fraser ones. They didn't yeah. really put put them to these old Universal Monsters ones, uh, even though I love those Brendan Fraser ones. But.
1: Right. And those are and that new one both the brendan fraser one and the tom uh i almost said the tom hanks one that'd be funny the tom cruise one they're a lot more like action oriented i think yeah more um but that's so funny they wanted to do like a like an an EU for, yes. for these monsters. Cause they kind of like, that's what they did. Like I consider this to be like, almost like the first MCU of monster movies for sure. They have all their standalone ones. And then in the forties, like I said, you have like Frankenstein meets the Wolfman and then Dracula starts showing up. You got the Abbott Costello where yeah. they're all there.
2: Yep. I remember all that stuff. Um, but yeah, the, their, their plan was to create an MCU that, you know, they saw what, what Disney and when Marvel were getting from, from fans and they wanted to get an extended universe that, yeah That compiled a bunch of movies in a series And that mummy one was supposed to be the first one and, Yeah uh, I believe they they had a bunch of other ones ready to go Um, Just popped into my head The Wolfman mm. uh, f- With Benicio Del Toro Oh yeah, yeah I, I, I like that one a lot mm-hmm. uh, I, think it, I think it holds up That werewolf transformation isn't wild But I like the setting Yeah uh, The setting is he's on trial basically for some murders Mm-hmm that he didn't necessarily commit but he thinks he did um and he's he's a werewolf newly turned and he's he is it in england i think yeah and so he's on trial and at the time period uh like the suspects would be in a court that's literally an oval with with theater style seating um not not enormous but theater style where where the seats for each row go upward and so he had a big crowd and uh a full moon hit during this trial mm. that was at night time for whatever reason mm. and he turns in this uh chair that he is being held in and so he turns in front of all these people and it's it's just cool atmosphere yeah it's, cool. it's well filmed um that's definitely but,
1: one that is it's like it's shortcomings i think more come from when it was made kind of like what you were talking about greg mm-hmm. like when when we were doing more with cg than like i yeah. think we should have you know for sure. yeah but um with these older ones like I was talking about how I I cut the grass at my grandma's house. She would give me $10, and, like, at the time, they had this stand at our local grocery store with all of these. These are the exact VHSs. And uh, every week, I'd cut the grass and go right down the street to the grocery store and buy the next one. And I was so sad because they only had it during October. And so, like, when I cut grass one week and I came down... Like, they were gone, and I had to find other ways to get them, but... Can I
0: get payments in advance, please? Yeah, yeah, please.
1: But um, these were very foundational, like, movies for me. I still adore them. I think they do still hold up, and, um, you know, there's so many of them. Like, there's the mainline ones, and then there's kind of, like, the B-grade sequels, which a lot Mm -hmm. of those are pretty good, too, but... They're pretty tame, obviously, by today's standards, but, like, they're great for, like, a, you know, me and my family, I can watch them with my daughter and stuff like that, right. and she yeah. kind of loves them the same way. She just gets into the, uh, the, ex- the excitement of these monsters and stuff rather than the horror. Well, so. be-
0: being that you grew up with them, do you have a favorite of the, at least um, the ones that you have here?
1: I would say, uh, like, the Wolfman's my favorite. Mm. Lon Chaney Jr. is, um, he's just one of those characters where he's, like, very charming and, and you really feel for him cause he's like such a good guy. And like this, this thing that is out of his control entirely is happening to him. And you know, it's got the great mythos here. Like, do I remember it? It's even a man who is pure at heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf mane blooms and the autumn moon is bright. It's just got like the great, like foggy yeah. forest atmosphere. And it's, it's one of the later ones. So like they were really figuring things out by then.
2: So yeah. yeah. Um, hitting their stride. Yeah. So, uh, Have you ever been to Ides? Uh Uh-uh. Okay, so it's a store in Pittsburgh. It's four floors. Uh, The basement is comic books. Mm. First floor is uh, a mix of, like, comics, toys, and and some movies and Blu-rays. Second floor is mainly, I believe, DVDs. And the third floor is records and CDs. Oh, okay. Yeah. but the first and second floor, they have a ton of DVDs and Blu-rays that are very obscure and hard mm. to find. Most of them are reg- they're, they're non-region locked Blu-rays that are from, from out of country. And they will have stuff like that. Brand okay. new anniversary edition re-releases on Blu-ray that they didn't have in the U.S. That wow. aren't, aren't popular over there. And it's it's just a cool store. It's all oh, okay. it's all brick yeah. inside. It's, I gotta check that out.
0: It's, uh, it's four, four floors of take my money yeah, <laughs> <that's
2: what> it <laughs> pretty yeah. Much. Uh it's near the convention center oh, okay okay uh, yeah. but yeah it's it's great there's always there's always parking and stuff uh, but it's a it's a cool store for sure okay um but uh so another movie i wanted to talk real quick about uh is uh your next oh man mm. so your next have is, you seen it david uh uh-uh, no okay well I, I won't ruin anything for you but i will give you a synopsis like i said that, that hopefully gets you excited for it so you in you know however many 98 percent of other horror movies where there's a group being hunted by some assailant uh Mm -hmm. they're all stupid don't fight back they they make the wrong decisions just like that funny um insurance commercial where they hide in the barn full of saws and they said let's you know why don't we just get in the running car (laughs) yeah are you crazy yes (laughs) yeah so uh it's it it takes like that stigma and kind Mm -hmm. of kind of does something else with it so uh there's a family gathering it's a home invasion thriller mm. it, 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 there's some scary stuff in it there's a few jump scares for sure there's a really really good one in it actually yeah
0: the, the horror aspect of it um is just that it is like the suspense level is like totally dialed yeah. up yeah and like you you actually kind of my heart was racing a little bit because i mean i had never seen it um, prior to when we watched it yeah. uh, about half a year ago. Yeah,
2: it's, it, it's one of my it's favorite. pretty suspenseful. It's one of my favorite horror movies. Um, the sound design and the s- soundtrack is, is great in it. Mm. Um, and as soon as you would start watching it, you'd know what I mean. And so basically, there's a family gathering at a house that's not used frequently by this family, and um, they get attacked by these home invaders. And most well, All of the people panic um, They don't know how to react But there's somebody there who The family isn't familiar with But is there Justifiably, they're supposed to be there mm-hmm. And I can't remember If she's from Australia or New Zealand One of the two Yeah,
0: she's from out of country It, yeah, it, she's it, from, it takes place in the US and she's yeah, from out
2: I think she's from Australia I think Because so. she talks about the Outback Her, her parents were survivalists And so they left the big city and went and and found this big survivalist cult group in Australia and where they would just live off the land and do all these things to basically make it and not break it out Mm -hmm. in the wild. And Mm -hmm. she kind of takes charge and she she starts fighting back and there is a moment in the movie where it flips instead of like these invade these home invaders being the bad guys attacking uh, this family. It's almost from the invader's point of view and she's the bad guy. But like but it, but it's not <laughs> but it's not yeah, like homeless. that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kinda like Home Alone. She starts, you know, d- doing some booby traps and things mm-hmm. like that. But what's cool is like you always wish in a movie you'd be like, Oh my God, if only like you would do this, if only like you would kick the demon baby. If only you would uh-huh. grab this thing and just do this with it. But no, you're a stupid idiot that yeah. makes the wrong move every time you left the window open you didn't mm-hmm. grab a kitchen knife you walked right past it you didn't do this she does the things you wish other characters in other movies would do yeah and okay. um it's not that they start like turning her into a villain she's not like enjoying this she's still the main character but there is a moment in the movie where it flips where they're scared yeah of her that's cool um yeah, it's and,
0: purely out of self-defense. She's not yeah, like hunting them right, down, but yeah. it's like these people are still actively trying to kill her and everyone in there. Yeah, and she's like, "Well, I'm not having any of this because I want to live." Yeah.
2: And you know, it's a very she does.
0: She gets in the in the running car per se. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a good one. It's it's worth finding. It's newer. Um, it it had a very limited theater release, I think, if it, okay. if it even did. Um, but yeah. pra- uh, practical effects in that are great. As well, it's another one of those horror movies. I will say, like, horror movies typically are pretty light on the CGI. You
0: mm-hmm. know, it seems
2: like action movies are more the, the CGI monsters right. uh, yeah. these, these days. They and, usually
0: find some kind of gruesome way to make a fake hand, fill it with blood and, like, cow meat, yeah. and then cut it open. It's like, oh, my
2: yeah. god! I, I will say I know in horror movies they'll add CGI blood. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, like... Let me put it this way: There's a great knife fight in John Wick, mm-hmm. and they're they're doing these knife battles and things like that, and people are getting stabbed. And the whole scene, there's no there's no blade; all the blades are CG. Yeah, okay. So uh, I like little things like that, that that are less noticeable. It, CG is used very appropriately in those situations I think I think by and large it's
1: good to keep CGI or an overabundance of it out of that genre because like when it's all like supposed to horrify you it, it, there's something about like the human mind and the eye like you can detect when something's really Absolutely. in front of the camera yeah. and not and so like a great example again <laughs> going back to the thing is like you have the original which again I said like all my friends watches and their jaws didn't well, leave the floor
2: technically that is a remake
1: Technically, you're correct. Um, there was the one from the '50s, right? Yeah, you yeah, the, the thing from outer space, right? Which it's pretty different. But um where I was going with that is like then they remade it in 2011 again. That pocket, Greg. Well, um, that one is a sequel.
2: But or, it's I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Actually, no, it's I'm, a prequel. I misspoke. It's a prequel.
1: Yeah, it's, so it's it's technically a prequel, but it's basically like they kind of make their, their own rules, beat. though
2: they. So in in the in the original, well, you know, the John Carpenter one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they show footage of the Norwegians waking up the thing yeah. very clear, very clear way. And for some reason in that 2011 prequel, they, they do a ton of things that really stay true to the story. But for some reason, they're, then like halfway through the movie, they start to skew off and do their own thing for, for whatever reason. I mean, even the ending that they do the same music, the same scene ending the film as the other one begins with.
1: And I don't want to, like, discredit that movie so much to, like, say, like, it's void of anything good, but the no. CG is, in my opinion, like, abysmal and yeah. kind of kills the the feel of any potential it
2: has. So what I actually really hate about that and what a lot of people don't know and something I learned from Corridor Crew doing VFX Artist React um, is that they had a very, very highly um, recognized special effects company come in and do... Practical effects for the whole film. Mm. The creators really loved the original. They wanted to keep that feel. And so I've seen behind-the-scenes footage of of some of these practical effects and uh, animatronics and things like that um, for for these monsters, and they looked great. And for whatever reason, the production house for the film at the last second had told them, let's cover it up. So they literally go through, paint out the practical and do CGI over it yeah. that looks nearly identical but it, it clearly takes you out of the film. Yeah, it why? is it is overdone. Right. The one I do like is the unexpected one in the helicopter where he splits in half and the, the, the okay. tentacles and stuff come out mm-hmm. because so they they did make it resemble some of the monsters from the from the John Carpenter one. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so unexpected he like shifts and then splits apart. Um, you couldn't have done that practically, I don't think, because the speed was there. But that was something also that was terrifying about the John Carpenter one is that it's not quick. Right. That the, the thing, like, it slowly gets you, right. but it's going to get you. Whereas, like, in the 2011 one, they kind of made them too fast at the Norwegian mm-hmm. camp. They make, yeah. the, they make the dual body, like, the melted face one. Mm-hmm. They make it, like, very spider-like, and they make it, like, way too fast. Yeah. It's, it, it becomes a very animalistic for what it's assimilated yeah. but um, what uh, what are, what are some of your other favorites? Okay, I
1: I, I had one more, and I don't know how how long we're going or anything, but I did want to sneak in one more movie. Um, and that is, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Fright Night, 1985 vampire movie. Yeah, um, it's the directorial debut of Tom Holland, who is not the Spider Man Tom Holland, um, but uh, he uh he went on to do like you know probably more well known as uh, Child's Play. You know, oh with the yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was his first movie, and the best way I can describe this is if you took Dracula and you merged it with Hitchcock's um, Rear Window, hmm. and you okay. you set it in the '80s, like the the, the greatest you know best yeah. uh, rendition of the '80s ever, um, and you get Fright Night. So it's a story of of Charlie Brewster, who's you know kind of coming of age. Um, and he's got his girlfriend there and his, his quirky best friend, Evil Ed, and this vampire, you know, he's like a horror movie fanatic. So I kind of relate to this guy. So he's every night he watches kind of like the, the movie, uh, the fright night host on, uh, on TV who, who, you know, is kind of like your, uh, um, grandpa Munster, your Elvira who like hosts this kind of show at night. And it's Roddy McDowell from, from, Planet oh, of the Apes. Awesome. yeah. Um, so he's like obsessed his rooms all out and monster stuff and yeah. he sees this kind of suspicious activity going on next door um, who he thinks is a vampire and everybody thinks he's crazy um, but then eventually um, it kind of he gets too close and so his girlfriend and his, and his best friend get involved and he, he actually gets the help of the uh, Fright Night host from TV and they kind of are a team together to kind of slay the vampires Um, so like, again, it's got great makeup and great effects, all the stuff that I love.
2: It's like a mix of monster squad and the burbs. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) And
1: like, it's funny you say monster squad. That's another great one. But, um, like there's, there's comedy in this movie, but I, 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 I'm hesitant to call it a comedy, but it's one of those ones where like the character dynamics are so well flushed out. Um, it's just fun to be with these characters as they kind of banter, I guess like in a Star Wars way where Star Wars isn't a comedy, but you love hearing them kind of nip at each other a little bit. Um so uh but yeah, and the effects are great. Um you talked about American Werewolf in London with the hair coming out of the arm. There's another great shot where you kinda get a wolf transformation or D transformation in this one where um you kinda like see this hand um kinda melt into form, but that's exactly what they did was they melted like a prosthetic hand and then they rolled it backwards so it kinda looked like the hand was forming out of this um yeah, out of this kind of bone. So uh yeah, it's a great movie. Um yeah, I love Fright Night. That's one of my favorite movies of like ever.
0: I, you know, some of these seem like movies that I would watch. I, I, I guess I've kind of overlooked the entire genre of horror <laughs> just because I, I group everything that's in the horror genre to be like. Um, I don't know, like The Conjuring like, or The Grudge insidious. or Insidious. Like, I, I will not watch those movies. Mm. Nobody could pay me to watch those. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, it's just not going to happen. Sure. And I'm just like, well, every horror movie is like that, so I'm just not going to watch uh, it.
2: There's uh, Greg, what was that World War II zombie movie? Uh, World War Z? World War, yeah. No, not World War Z. Oh, no, that's uh, World War II. Um, you, you saw it. I didn't. I was going to ask you if it was any good.
0: Yeah, I know what um, you're talking about because it just came out a couple years ago. Um... Hold on, I will find something else to talk about while I look at this. Uh, what, do else, do, do, do. Uh,
2: <laughs> what else? What uh, else is in like your library that you like? Like mm, not like top five, but and not really like foundation because we already talked about that. But like some other well, ones that, that you watch every year around Halloween. That's
1: that's that's an awesome question. Um, because you were talking about the Friday the Thirteenth um video game when you were talking about that, and I kind of think of like the slasher kind of genre as kind of like a whole piece where like I break yeah. it down in my head where there's like Halloween, Friday the 13th and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. And I watch, I watch Halloween. I love all of them by the way, but I love the first Halloween. Again, yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time. I watch that every, every year after like we're done trick-or-treating or handing out candy or anything. It's like annual I watch. Yeah. Halloween. It, it just,
2: it just has a certain vibe and I like movies that put you into a mood like that. So do, do you have, do you
1: have like a favorite of kind of those? Cause the way I always see it is, like, I think Halloween has the best singular movie, but is the worst franchise yeah, out of all Yeah, just because those. it's
2: so wild. Like, there's three to four timelines. Yeah, uh, and you get into, uh, like, all include cult the, stuff. The, they all include the original film or the first two, and then another timeline splits off. And then there's another yeah. timeline, the current one. With like Halloween Kills and next year, not next year, but the year after we'll have Halloween ends, mm-hmm. that acknowledges the fir- events of the first film and then nothing else after that. And then there's the H2O timeline t- as well. So Halloween is a very odd franchise, but yeah. my my favorite slasher is the 2009 Friday the 13th yeah. director's cut. Okay, um, If you haven't seen it, it, the creators, it's awesome actually that we're talking about it because I actually just watched it two nights ago mm. Um, mm. and I was also reading some things about it. So the creators, it originally started up as trying to do a Jason origin story a little bit. And they wanted to change how he was in the films. You know, he became a very science fiction, paranormal oh, character. Yeah. zombie stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, like the, whenever Tommy Jarvis stabs him with the, with the, the fence pole and then lightning strikes it and brings him back to life. Mm hmm. Like, stuff like that, and then all of a sudden he's immune to bullets and Which things like that. Which is, like, straight out of, you know, sorry to interrupt, but, no, like, that's
1: go. straight out of, like, one of the, like, the Ghost of Frankenstein yeah. um, sequels from the 40s where he gets reignited by, like, a lightning blast outside.
2: Yes. So, classic. Yeah, yeah they pulled a bunch of stuff from that. So, the creators of this 2009 version, um, they wanted to re recreate or, you know, reimagine how Jason can be. Mm-hmm. They make him faster. He's much more menacing. His footsteps in the entire movie have this bass thud that no other character has he's very menacing like you can hear him coming before he's on screen um he's quicker the actor that plays him is is pretty great he's very tall and even though he just has a mask on he is he he does do a great job at acting and playing that character um and i just like the kills of it the creators did a very good job at like keeping some characters so they they loved the first four films and they bring those aspects. are the essentials. I would say. Yeah, they bring the asp- aspects and storylines from those four to create this 2009 reboot. Like the the beginning of the film before the title screen is the mother getting decapitated at the at the lake, mm. and then after that, it shows Jason picking up instead of a shovel, she's decapitated by a, by a machete. Her okay. cap was detated. Yes. <laughs> Office fans. <laughs> <laughs> So, (laughs) so then, uh, from there, uh, it kind of just goes into and and really uses a whole bunch of stuff from those first four films, um, just in a new way. And it, it, the way it follows, it shows Jason and also under Crystal Lake, like the camp, he has this network of tunnels and he has tripwires, places with bells that kind of alert him. Mm -hmm. So he's like smarter, quicker, faster, he's stronger. He, some of the kills are great the director's cut has some additional scenes and some alternate ones. Uh Um, But in my opinion, out of like the slasher series films, uh, Friday the 13th is my favorite series. And then that that one is is the best. I think Um, it's, it's the it's the least campy.
1: I got to get around to seeing that one, and that's that's really um, impressive that you talk about how, like, in that movie, they go back to the origins, because sometimes that's, like, the kiss of death to your villain. Yeah. Um, you know, Rob Zombie did his two versions of Halloween, and I didn't really like either of them. Yeah. Um, two's really insane, um, but the first one, my biggest issue with that is, like, they spend way too much time um, explaining Michael Myers to the point where he's not scary anymore. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the rest of that movie
2: is just kind of like feels like a shot for shot almost remake of the original. Yes, but, um, yeah. I mean, I understand what he was trying to do, but I I agree. That it's all it's a, those two almost get to the points where it's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that two thousand nine Friday Thirteenth. If you haven't seen it, definitely worth it. So you you were talking about the game. Um, oh, can yeah. you can you unlock dancing Chris, Crispin Glover in that game? Because that's <sighs> I would immediate buy. No, so in the game. I can't remember how many players can be on, on a map at once, but the maps are pretty large. Um, I think it's like eight. Mm. I think it's eight players. So somebody at random, if you're in a public lobby, is selected as Jason, and there's a whole bunch of different versions of Jason throughout the film. So uh-huh. you have part two all the way up to, I think, part nine. And you unlock mm-hmm. you unlock different versions. Uh, for each. Le- you gain XP, unlock the versions of them. Each one has a different weapon and a different look and different skins. I think the part three, Jason, if you change his skin, he becomes purple and teal from the NES NES. game. Yeah. Um, But Jason, once he hits water, typically most versions of him can move very fast in water. Like he's just this glow and you almost like move Mm -hmm. supernaturally fast. He has special abilities depending on which version of Jason you pick. He comes with a different weapon. You can unlock different kills Mm -hmm. when you grab people. You can either just hack people with your weapon to kill them or you can grab them. And then he has a special grab kill that you can unlock and use, that are all very gruesome. The graphics aren't the best. It was basically like an indie game when it when it came out. They had a lot of plans to add things. The 2009 Jason, I believe, was on the way when the ownership of the movie rights changed oh, hands, yeah. and then they ceased advancements for that game. However, it's still working. Servers still up. Everybody else plays Counselors, and the ways you can win... You can call in Tommy Jarvis with a radio, yeah. and he's the only character you can play as. It's armed, I believe. Um, and then you can with a gun. With a gun, yeah. Uh, everybody else, you know, you get baseball bats, and, axes, pipes, all kinds of stuff. And he can kill them, right? There's a way you can kill them. It's difficult though. Everybody has to work together, and you can't really have people. Some people like trying to escape, and some people trying to kill him. Like you okay. have to have everybody completely working together. Yeah, um,
0: because the basically there's. From what I saw, there's only certain things that do, like, real damage to them. Yeah. There's, like, flare guns that'll do it. Tommy Jarvis, that's his name, right? Yeah. Um, he he has a gun, but it's a, it's a one-shot. So, unless there's a way to pick up ammo, yeah. like, I played for the first. Up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Well, that's the thing. I didn't know what the range was, so I was playing last night. The first time I came in, as I lined it up, I think Tyler was Jason, and I shot, and I was like, he just kept walking. I was like, uh... what the? What yeah. the heck? This gun does nothing, and there's only one bullet in it. Who who comes to fight it's, Jason it's, and brings one round? It's
1: yeah. a micro pixel amidst the thousands of polygons. Yeah. yeah. So and They're,
0: I I was just like, then I found out that uh, it's a it's a one off. But if you're close enough, um, it, it looks like a rifle, but I guess it acts more like a shotgun. Yeah, I, I think it's a shotgun. Mm. Yeah, but um, I I shot him, and then Jason just like fell over like a board. I was like, oh, uh, I was like uh, I got him, uh, and then he stood back up. and Was like, no, no. Uh, <laughs> 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 and then I had to like sprint away but my ankle was all rolled and I was yeah. like I oh. can't that was something else I was going to talk about if you're
2: the counselors and you run too much and you burn your stamina and it depends on if you pick an athletic one or a smart one and they have different perks and things like that different outfits um, you they can upgrade them a little yeah it- um, so if you run out of stamina you roll an ankle if you keep trying to run you hurt it worse and then you can't run okay if you try and run on run in the woods where there's no beaten path you risk a, a higher chance of rolling an ankle hmm. um and they do move faster until they're injured than Jason, so but but Jason has ways and abilities to, to kinda catch up with them a little bit, but it's very one offish. Uh but it's it's a blast for a cheap game that, that has a good license and
0: my dad gave me a copy, so it was free yeah. for me. Oh there
1: you go. I can't complain
2: there. Is yeah. there is there like another
0: game that's
1: like identical but with every other slasher monster in it? I feel like there's one with like I think
2: it's for PC and it is like very Homegrown, where okay. like three guys made it, and it, I, it's set up similar, similarly to a fighting game, I think, because I've oh, seen like okay. a side shot was... of like Freddy fighting s- ghoul Face. Mm,
1: mm. Okay, maybe. I think we just went on a massive tangent, though. Were yeah. you
0: looking up something on your computer, Greg? Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, Tyler had asked me about a movie I saw. I, I believe it was called Overlord. Yes, um, um, yeah, I won't, okay. I won't really get into it. It was, it wasn't too bad. It was like a World War, to, I don't remember if it was even zombie. They were like. Creating creatures in this like Nazi camp lab thing. I, I don't know. Yeah, but, they were
2: testing, trying to make like better Nazi soldiers, and they ended up yeah, going they, terribly wrong. Yeah,
0: so it was it was interesting. It wasn't bad. I saw it with some buddies. Um, okay. But I mean, I think we've brought it pretty full circle. Oh, we started yeah. with yeah. games, went to movies, came back to games, yeah, uh, and had a bunch of tangents and a little a little treat uh, so break somewhere. The
2: thirteenth game is also, if you're a counselor, terrifying. Yeah, it's very suspenseful because if Jason's in your general vicinity, there's like a there's like a a a bubble that if one of the counselors get in some his music starts. Uh, And so once the music starts, you know, he's close. (laughs) <laughs> and, there you go. And it is very suspenseful. Yeah. Uh, you can hide as a counselor, but if okay. you don't hold, hit a button and hold your breath for so long, he can hear where you're at. Mm-hmm. There's there's just diff- different options. To escape, you either have to call the police and run to them once they arrive, which there's a timer That's Okay, once they're called. And then you there's vehicles. Some maps have boats. Some have cars or both. If you want to escape in the boat, you need gas, a key, and a prop. If you want to escape in the cars, you need gas, a key, and a battery. And even putting those things in the car is a game. So, like, okay. dumping the gas in, it gives you buttons you have to hit as time goes. If you mess it up, you dump gas, you spill gas, and it takes Uh-oh. longer. Uh, Jason also has bear traps, so I am famous for putting bear traps by the cars. <laughs> they got to go there to escape. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they got to add yeah. the, and
0: you can throw knives. Yeah. They got to add the
1: move where you grab the sleeping bags and start banging them off the trees. Yeah, yeah.
2: there you can't really put people in sleeping bags or anything. Yeah. Everybody's out and running around. But there but are a bunch of flawed. finishers that you can choose from yeah, a lot Yeah, there's game. a ton of finishers. There,
0: there yeah, you can equip them so like whenever you whenever you grab the person, you can decide how you're going to kill them as Yeah, true? and there's
2: even environmental kills like uh there's a stump nearby that was broken off with some like wood jags sticking up. And so like, if I go over there was somebody that I grabbed, you can finish them in the environment. Oh, there was a clothes, there was like a, a, a coat hanger, with a uh, spike on it yeah, and i no. i hung someone on I'm out. it oh that's <laughs> awesome that <laughs> so. it
1: sounds like they capitalized on almost everything they could until yeah. they got cut off yeah, but yeah. They, they did they had really well. they had crispin glover i'll get it okay <laughs> yeah. dancing <and> crispin glover
0: <laughs> well, well we'll let you know but um well that was that was a great episode i thought mm. uh, yeah, david sure. thank you so much for coming on um is there anything that you wanted to say to any of the listeners before you uh before no we just wrap up?
1: you know thanks for having me um You know, I, I love, I could have, I could have done like a six parter here. I think I feel like today. Um, so, um, yeah, thank you for having me. Um, if anybody's interested in, in my band, it's your fractured fairy tale. Absolutely. Um, I have an Instagram. I think it's a YFF underscore David. All like I, I took a break from social media for a couple of years for like mental health stuff. And the only reason I got back on was because of my band. So like everything is like YFF something, but I'm pretty sure that's it. Um,
0: and yeah. and I'm not just saying this because David's here but I've listened to his music and I actually I love it. Um oh, I have I have a wide variety of music that I listen to and uh and of that uh the genre that his band is in and, and the sound that they have is really unique and and definitely something that you guys should check out. So mm, thank and your, you. Your your first album is uh I am air Yeah, from yeah.
1: 2019. We've had a couple singles since then, but um yeah, Greg, Greg and the band have been in the talk, so I think we're going to be working together at some point here. Yeah, absolutely. So Things uh, to come. I,
0: Stay in tune. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I typically do like a little closing thought. I didn't have anything prepared, um, but uh, I would just say, you know, if this episode shows you anything, um, take time to get to know people. Uh, you know, strangers can become friends mm-hmm. if you take time to get to know them. Um, you know, another thing is you get out what you put in, so... Uh, if you want a relationship to grow, it's important to, to, to give it time, give it um, energy, you know, give it experiences. Like Tyler and I, uh, our next episode, we'll be talking about a trip that we just went on. Um, if you want a relationship or a friendship to grow, you have to put in the work. And, uh, and, and honestly, it, it's pretty simple, um, but totally worth the investment.
2: So. Oh, absolutely! And uh, and happy Halloween. Yeah, my closing um, thoughts are: it's Halloween, and hopefully this gets uploaded tonight. So watch some scary movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, stick
0: to the road. Stay off the moors. Perfect. I think that's the best way to wrap it up. So thank you for listening. My name is Greg Miller. I'm Tyler Brewer. I'm David. And this has been just a tangent. Thank you. Frankly, my dear, I don't. We're gonna so need a bigger boat. So Go we're uh, going. We don't need game. Hey, my my Keep the change, you filthy animal. Nope, was a bad choice. You're killing me, no So you're telling me there's world? a change. Life moves pretty fast. To be continued.